there anybody here with us tonight? Can you make a noise to let us know that you're here? Can't sleep? You came to the right place. Cozy in, because we have an eerie night ahead of us. I'm Sydney. And I'm JC. And we are not afraid. This woman is an icon to all of those fascinated with the paranormal and attempting to hone in and or improve their gifts. Starring in many TV shows such as Ghost Adventures, Beverly Hills Pond, Flipping Out, and more, she has also been featured in and on many magazine and magazine covers, along with news articles. Patty Negri is, has made the well-deserved title of The Good Witch of Hollywood for herself. She has also written a bestseller called Old World Magic for the Modern World, Tips, Tricks, and Techniques to Balance, Empower, and Create a Life You Love which takes the reader into a deeper understanding of magic and how to create spells and rituals to help bring balance and peace into your life in a natural way. You see, I'm so excited that we get Patty on our show. I just I can't even believe that we got this lucky. I don't know how you set this up. <laughs> <laughs> how you manage this. This is crazy. Like, Oh my gosh. I've, I've seen her on Ghost Adventures. I've seen like some of the stuff that she can do. Definitely not all of it. She's a very just, it's, it's awesome. Like she is crazy awesome. I know. It was sort of on a, out on a, a whim. I have some of these podcasts, Facebook pages I'm a part of, and somebody posted about wanting a guest on a paranormal show. And I was like, sure, why not? And then she told me who she was representing. And I was like, holy crap no way. And I told her, you know, we don't have a lot to offer, but we'd love to have her. And yeah. sure enough, here she is. And I'm just so excited. That's just, that's so cool. Like, how did, how did we get this lucky in all honesty? That's <laughs> insane. <no? laughs> I know. And I was watching her on Deadly Possessions too. Um, mm -hmm. Zach's new show where they talk about the stuff in his museum and um, they brought her in for a couple episodes. And one was, um, Peggy the doll, one of the haunted dolls, super haunted doll, um, and she came in and performed a seance with the owner and the former owner and everything, and, like, this was legit. Like, she is 100% legit. Yeah. I mean, right before we started watching this record, or started this recording, I was watching uh, one of uh, somebody's videos that she's starring in, and she's actually doing a, a not so much a seance, but she, it, it's, more so like a seance than anything else, I suppose, but she's just kind of doing it right in the middle of this guy's studio, and it's it's really cool and really fascinating, like, the different ways that she calls on nature to do so. Yeah, and her mixture of, like, witchcraft with, um, like, natural phenomenon and then life coaching, I think that was the most surprising thing in her biography was that she is a life coach and she uses her witchcraft and her uh, psychic abilities and her, her mediumship to coach other people. And that's just super fascinating that she can tie those things together. I love that. Like, how can you not? That's absolutely wonderful. Like, what, what better to use something like that for than to just help bring people up and inspire people? Yeah, well, she's definitely very inspiring. 
So as mentioned earlier, Patty has been on Ghost Adventures multiple times and is no stranger to the odd and unusual when it comes to the paranormal. Patty is extremely open about her gift and willing and eager to share her knowledge with those who are willing to listen. We couldn't be more happy to have her on our podcast to help us dive deeper into the paranormal with all of you tonight. Welcome to I'm Not Afraid of the Dark, but Patty Negri might know what's out there. All right, so... Patty, first question for you is I just wanted to start off here um, for our listeners who don't know the difference between a psychic and a medium, because you are a psychic medium, but I know there's a difference between the two. So can you explain for us what that difference is? Yes, there is. A psychic is somebody who sees, I, I always say possible or even probable futures. I think any psychic that says this is going to happen is is wrong because we have free will. We were given free will. So it could be you could be, you know, a bird could poop on your head Tuesday when you walk out of your house. I am so clear. I know when it's going to happen. But I could say, hey, be careful. Look up a Tuesday. Don't go out the back door, not the front door, and it won't happen. But, but a psychic could see why you always pick the wrong kind of partners, what kind of blocks you have, probably what's in the card, so to speak, of what your life path probably will be unless you choose to change it. It might be perfect. A medium is somebody who talks to the other side, talks to spirits, talks to ghosts, talks to everything on the other side of the veil. Um, so again, very different, often the same gifts and the same people, but not always. Some people just go with a mediumship, can talk to the veil. They don't look into futures and things, and some just have that more psychic ability and not the other. But many, many, many have both. Hey, thank you. So mm -hmm. how and when did you discover your psychic medium abilities? Do you remember? <laughs> as early as I can talk. I, I, I would be, remember in my little suburban home as three or four, just knowing and talking all my friends, really the creatures under the bed and in the closet. I knew the imaginary friends little kids have weren't imaginary. They were real beings and real spirits. I could get real information to tell my mom things that were going on. And I th I really do think kids have the gift. We were born with this intuition, this thing, but in, in our modern, especially Western society, we are so non-mystical. It gets taught out of us, oh, that's your imaginary friend, where our left brain and our right brain are so separated. Um, and it just didn't get taught out of me. And, it's, and, and on the meet, and, and in all of it, I literally was kind of obsessed with the dead, but never in a dark or morbid way. I just wanted to talk to them. They were there. So I did my first seance, which one of the things I'm known for when I was seven or eight years old in my little suburban hallway where there were no windows. And I stuffed towels under the door and I realized I didn't know anybody dead. And I'm like, well, Marilyn Monroe and John Kennedy, everybody in the late 60s who was <laughs> a, a six, seven-year-old would know. Um, and my windowless, lightless hall filled with orbs and lights. I think it's the first time I consciously lifted the veil. I think I came up with my first chant. It's just kind of in the blood with me. All that stuff is in the blood. I, I, again, I, I, it just didn't get taught out. Plus in that more elemental witchy side, I, I would find myself in my, in my backyard. Again, little suburban backyard, picking rosemary and picking mint and stuffing it in my mom's wallet. I knew that that would bring her more money. She didn't quite understand, it, but she, she humored me. She's like, okay, no, more money, mom. It's not money, it's rosemary. No, it'll bring you more money, mom. And uh, so I think as early as I can, and I think I was, I was raised, 
without any kind of religion, which I think was great. My, now, my grandfather was this famous psychoanalyst, and he was a practically evangelical atheist. He didn't believe in anything. He was very Freudian, very scientific. He hung out with like Isaac Asimov and all these academic people. And so I would drive by a church or a temple or a synagogue or a mosque or anything, a forest, and go, I see the energy there, but we don't go to those places. I think it was 13 when I was brave enough to ask my mom I wanted to go to church with a friend just because there was some cute rock band playing you know that in the day and and I was I almost I was so afraid to ask her if I can go to a church I, I would have felt safer going can I go to a rave can I go to an orgy but she said I go can I go to a church she goes you can do anything you want I can do anything I want and thus I became a seeker started studying religion philosophy metaphysics science cosmo everything and take it down to what I see, which is energy. So there's a through line of sameness in all of them. If, if you forget the words that they use, it, it, the energy itself, that's where we all come together. And that's how I've spent my whole practice doing it. Whatever your belief system is, it's let's look where we're the same, that energy through line. Wow, that's a lot younger than I expected you to say. Uh, most of the stories I hear is just like, I was 11 years old and boom, I all of a sudden started talking to spirits, but it sounds yeah, like- no, as early as I can remember. Wow. So your parents were really supportive of that of this then? Yeah, my, my mom, again, I think it's bloodline on both sides, even though they didn't practice stuff, mm -hmm. but I would say something and my mom would always go, yeah, grandma could do that. Yeah, grandma always knew that was gonna happen too. Oh yeah, grandma, um, her mother always showed up at the end of her bed when somebody was gonna pass away. It was very matter of fact. So yeah, very supportive. Oh, that's, that's very good. So what would you say to our listeners who might be questioning whether or not they have these abilities? Maybe their parents aren't so supportive or they're not quite sure if they, they have it or not, but they maybe have sort of an inkling of um, they might have these abilities. What would you say to them? Trust it. Now, I talk very much left brain and right brain. Our left reasoning, rational, logical brains is great. It gets us through life, what time we have to be places. It does not help us in our psychic or intuitive development. Our right brain, which is that creative, artist, intuitive, magical side, that is where it goes. You have to learn to dance between the two. You can't have a magical thought like, I think deceased grandma standing behind me. I'm sensing her. I almost smell her perfume. And then go, oh, that doesn't make sense. Well, she's dead. Bah, bah, bah. You just have to shush that side and just say, yes. Hi, grandma. Is that you? And talk to it. Just, and just say, yes, say, yes, say, yes. If you want to analyze it, say, I can do that in two hours. For now, I'm going to say yes. And in two hours, if you want to go, was that really grandma? Or, or did somebody open the window? Or did I have indigestion for lunch? Then you could do that. But the more you can just say yes and open to it, because all the magic happens, again, in the realm where logic doesn't exist and gravity doesn't exist. And the craft, it's, it's like, you would. here's a little threshold. You lay down your broom. Over here's the mundane world where gravity happens. Over here, anything can happen. Angels exist. Fairies exist. Magic exists. Spirit, you can communicate with spirits. And then you cross back into the other side. Very helpful. My art teacher actually... Um, used to talk to us a lot about left brain and right brain because it's the mm -hmm. same thing for art obviously that creative side it is it's that same brain and and i do people who go into art and who are artists in every form of artist 
fine arts, theater, drawing, acting, they have that gift and most really are very, very intuitive or psychic. And they, but they, their medium is they put it into their painting, they put it into their music, they put it into their whatever, I'm not sitting there, I'm gonna read futures or talk to dead people, but it's the same. Right, and that's a, a really important real world connection to make, because that takes me to my next question, which yeah. I ask every single person I interview, because we're in this strange, paranormal field that it's sort of kind of becoming mainstream but it's still really taboo for a lot of people so my question is what do you say to people who either attempt to put you down or look at you funny or don't believe you or you know say these nasty things that they do um just because you approach things differently because you're not putting your intuition into your paintings or you know something they would class as normal I love them. I, 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 I am not here to convince anybody of anything. If you don't want to believe in magic, great. If you don't want to live in spirits, great. If you think it's wrong for some reason, if you have a belief system that thinks it's wrong, I am not one to convince you. Um, it's so funny though, as you probably know from this, skeptics are the ones who fall the hardest. If they do <laughs> fall, it's like, what the... <laughs> ah, ah. yeah but but i'm okay with it I, again there's many many paths who says one is is better than the other i know this is real there's never been a doubt in my mind because it's always been who i part but if somebody chooses not or doesn't it's okay and and even if people say you know bad things about me it's like that's okay <laughs> it's it's it's, it's their, their prerogative. I just send them love. What you put out is what you get back. I'm not going to send out curses or bad thoughts to anybody. That's not going to help them. They're probably a little cranky anyway. <laughs> That's great advice. I mean, for anybody, because there's always going to be somebody out there who's, yeah. who's just negative about it. So great advice. Thanks. <laughs> In our pilot episode, we interviewed a local witch. Mm-hmm and gained a general understanding of witchcraft, but you refer to yourself as the good witch. Mm -hmm. This is something that we didn't quite explore in episode one, so can you help me understand this? What does this mean? Yeah, a, a good witch. Um, well, I don't like white witch, black witch, because again, it has so many connotations to it. Witchcraft is witchcraft. What, or to be a witch means you are willing to take fate into your own hands and shift the trajectory. That's what it means. You could be a religion. To be a witch, it could mean it's, it's a religion. I am Wiccan. I am ceremonial. I worship the god. Or, or it could just mean you practice the craft. It has two distinctive meanings. It, a lot of people, it is their belief system religion, and they practice the craft. But to me, a good witch is you have, and to do this, especially to practice magic, you if, if you don't know right from wrong, don't do it. You have to have integrity. You have to have ethics. You have to know right from wrong. You have to have moral code, not morality, who sleeps with who, doesn't matter, but that moral code. Because if you don't, that's when you get into trouble. But most of us do. So here's here's the difference of, of, of you know good magic and not good magic. A love spell is good magic. A love spell on a certain person is bad magic because you don't have that person's permission. I can make Fred fall in love with you, but we didn't get Fred's permission and it could be the worst relationship you ever had. Mm -hmm. And now you control other people. Now that means you can be controlled because you've created the world where you can be controlled. Um, so there, it's such a fine line. If, if you not, don't look at Fred, think of Fred, make it Fred. If it is Fred, you do the love spell, it'll work on him. And if it isn't, it'll work on the right person. I think my best example of good magic versus not good magic is, Okay, 
water running down the hill. There's beautiful water on the hill and it runs down to the village. The village thrives because water makes a, a beautiful village thrives. You have a house on the hill just down the way a little bit and you, you don't have any water. Witchcraft would be building a dam and putting pipes to your house. Bad witchcraft would be, I'm taking all their water and I'm in, and I'm putting up a dam and I'm with the pipes to my house. The village dies or the village rebels and comes up and kills you. That's the karmic that's attached to do things that affect other people. But now good witchcraft, and they're not just like, oh, I'm not gonna take the water or leave it for the, good witchcraft, build the dam, put the pipes, but leave the village everything they need and, and they want, and you take everything that you want and guess what? There's always enough for everybody. That's the world of abundance. And I don't mean just trickling into you. Have water features, have a pool, have everything that you want from that thing. Create it so long as they have everything that they need too. That's good magic. And again, the village will be happy and they get everything they need. There's no bad karmic or bad kickback or whatever you want to call it. What you put back, you get, what you put out, you get back. The rule on that is, I'm sure the other witch told you, is, is three times. You put out love, you get back love three times. So why the heck would I put out a curse or a hex on somebody? Because again, I would have to live in a world where they exist and not, I don't want to live in that world. You, I firmly believe you can get everything you want out of doing positive magic where you're not, sorry, it's weird, that's supposed to be turned off, where you're not affecting anybody else and you could still get all the world and all the stuff that you want. Um, I did, I do that with TV shows, not like ghost adventures, those kind of shows that I'm on, but competition shows to show what, like, you know, I beat like 80,000 people to get on Wipeout. I beat 100,000 people to get on Master Chef. I'm not even a good cook. I beat almost <laughs> more than that to get on America's Got Talent. But when we're at those big auditions and there are 3,000 people at the LA Convention Center all over the world, and I'm sitting there, I'm not sitting there going, ooh, I hope that person breaks their leg. I hope they burn their stew. I no, I'm going, oh, Lord, Sydney, I hope you do great. I hope you get on. All that love and, yes, you look great. All, and it has to be sincere. Whatever has to be. And I'm putting it out. All that going out comes back, and I get on the show, and many of them get on the show. If people just understand that that's how abundance works, that's how magic works, you don't ever have to do anything that's, this is mine and this is not yours or that protection. There's enough for everybody. I really like that analogy. That's a really good one. So would you say that then this is a conscious choice to be the good and not the bad? And it's not just, you know, fate or it's, it's a conscious, genuine choice? Yeah, because again, it's the world I create to live in. I see people who, who will do darker magic and stuff. And I swear to gosh, they're not as happy. They get cranky. They get jaded. They get fearful. They get, who's out to get me now? Mm -hmm. I don't have a who's out to get me now. I'm not out to get anybody, and, and they're not. Yes, you're going to have, like you said, the haters, and, oh, I'm going to burn in hell, and just love them. So, yeah, no, I, 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 we create the world we live in, and I choose to live in a nice, happy one. <laughs> People are amazing. People are awesome. And I think that's my whole thing is, like, we are the best creatures. We're flawed. Oh, heavens, we are so flawed. But we are divine. We are divine. We have divinity within us. But we are human. And being, being humans, we were given free will. That's a superpower. That's a total superpower that I can, we can't control complete fate and destiny, where we live, how tall we are. I mean, how, how, where we were born to. 
I mean, maybe we do, but that's going way back. Um, but we can control what we do with it. And what we do with it, that's the 90%. That's where all our power lies. Great. So how did you become the Hollywood psychic medium? Because we got a lot of psychic mediums in the world, and a lot of people who claim they are claim they're not. But how did you become the Hollywood psychic medium? Well, I am Hollywood. Well, actually, I've this was it's always been a part of who I am. I've again, I've been a practicing craft member, I've been coven, done magic, talked to dead people, as you know, since I was a baby. But I kept it very, very secret because I was I was an actress in Hollywood, great at improv and sketch. And then at the ripe old age of 30, I started a production company. It was very corporate. I do big corporate shows, song and dance extravaganzas. And it was it's like for big national, international, big Fortune 500 companies. And I'm like, I don't know. They're so corporate. They can't know that I like dance around bonfires and talk to dead <laughs> people. It just doesn't sound like this person who they're putting their HR department in charge or their sales department in charge of. They should think I do that. So I kept it really separate. It's, it just, it's just, this is my world. There was never lying about stuff. But, you know, instead I'm going to be teaching motivation to Mattel and whoever my magic but non the spiritual way but in 2008 when that big corporate crash happened and and corporate entertainment became literally a dirty word because it was misused by people hiring hookers or whatever and flying off oh corporate entertainment and then everything was crashing and they were laying off people they go we can't have a big party or be a big thing or do a big event uh just corporate entertainment became so out of vogue at the very same time, reality show TV, television was really pushing up, pumping up. And I remember, and I'd been in Hollywood again as an actor, as a producer, as a sketch and improv person, just very separate. But somebody who knew my ability with seances said, Patty, we have this show. We need, we need you to do, we need a seance. We need somebody who's really legit, who's been good, could lift the veil, that we could see it. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I can't put that side of me. It just won't work with the, this what I've created my business. Oh, please, please, please. No, I can't. Please, please, please. And then I'm looking at like, I have no shows on the board because everything is great. I'm like, well, what's the name of the show? What is it? I don't think so. They go, and they go, well, it's called Mobile Home Disaster and it's on country music television. <laughs> and I go, well, nobody's going to watch that. <laughs> Who's going to watch a show? Again, this is the early days. Who know they, they of course will watch that. But at that time I went, nobody's going to watch mobile home disaster on country music television. So I said I would do it. So I went to set and I brought all my stuff and I fell in love with the genre. I got to be me, magical me, where I give people the power empowerment. I was able to help this little human girl who had the spirit. I was able to do my real work and and I just got followed around with three cameras. I get to do what I want and memorize lines. I got to my magic. It was it was so fun. And and but okay okay it was really great but no more that was fun no more i'm not gonna do it and and then it aired and i remember my first corporate client who called big big national bank i saw you on tv last night and i'm like oh i'm thinking i'll never work for bank of whatever again <laughs> and she goes i didn't know you were into the paranormal I love the paranormal. I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. And we had our best, most personal conversation ever. And it didn't help that corporate, it didn't help hurt me to, to work for her company again. So at that moment, right then, I said, I'm out of the, I'm out of the psychic closet. I'm out of the medium closet. I'm out of the witch broom closet. I am me. 
<laughs> and it's been so much more sincere. Again, not that I ever lied before, but so now here it is 2008 and, um, it, I just became the person to call because I am experienced. I do know how to talk in sound bites as needed. I do know how to play on camera and I'm legitimate and I end everything that you need. So every show started for Bad Girls Club, Pit Boss. I mean, the silly shows, great shows. And every one of them, even like if it's on something silly like Pit Boss or Bad Girls Club, it's like, okay, a little group of urban girls fighting. It's like, but I get to bring up some new thought pattern, some new perception of like, wow, maybe you can be a little more empowered here. Maybe you can learn to communicate a little bit better here. So, and I get to an audience that would never come see me speak somewhere, who would never read my book, who would never come see me. So I love it. <laughs> it's almost like that domino effect where one domino falls and then everything yeah. else is just files right after that. Yep. Yeah, so I still have my production company, but I don't have time to do anything. And it's okay. <laughs> I did like one little show last year or something, but it's all good. That's good. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. So do you think that anybody can be a psychic or a medium if enlightened to it? Is it something you can be enlightened to, or is it truly just a gift that's bestowed on random people? Uh, somewhere in the middle. I think, okay. I think anyone can improve their ability I, and i do think anybody can learn it to an extent like everybody anybody could take piano lessons i took piano lessons for two years not everybody can be a virtuoso pianist and play at concerts i can clink out love is blue or whatever that is but i think it does behoove people to if you're interested in it to open up that gift because even if you don't want to sit and hang a shingle or talk to dead people you're getting in touch with your own intuition and that's only a good thing. So I do think, and, and I teach super easy classes on how to do it for anybody, whether you think you're gifted or not. It's again, it's mostly just learning to quiet that logical brain and open up this side. We know whether we're staring at a candle to make the candle dance or doing breathing exercises. Actually, it, it, it's, you know, there's no downside to it at all. Fantastic. I didn't know you taught classes on that, but that's really cool. So I was- And cheap classes, $10. Oh. Every week I teach for a house of, I teach online. So now it's everywhere in the world. Um, yeah, I teach for two different schools, House of Intuition, and I teach for Haunted Diary out of the UK. Oh, those are $25, but they're longer. So yeah, everybody, there's, there's, there's great information out there everywhere. If you're so led, or if you're feeling that there's something lacking in your particular life, whatever it is, fill it up, find it. Very good. Very interesting. So learning along the way. Ah, every day. I learn every day. <laughs> every day. It's a great thing. So speaking of information, um, you also have your book, Old World Magic for the Modern World, Tips, Tricks, and Techniques to Balance, Empower, and Create a Life You Love. So what was your inspiration for this book? My inspiration for this book was what I noticed in working with people one-on-one -on -one is that, again, we do tend to give away our power all the time. We give away our, I'm stuck, we become victim, we come, we give away our power to limiting belief systems, personal belief systems, what we were raised with, religious belief systems, just like can't do it. We give away our power to other people. We give away our power to fear. And if we just grab that power back, again, that's where everything happens. And it's so easy. It's like a little tweak of your vision. You move your eyes one inch, and you have a whole different view. And and the way I see things is so simple. It's elemental. It's, it, it's just, I'm very much danced between those two brains very well. Mm -hmm. And 
I like simplicity and I don't have time to do things. I don't have much time. It is great to meditate for an hour. As a rule, I do not have an hour to get it together. I have 30 seconds to get it together. I've got to go on here. I have to have this conversation. I have to do this. So working with, I'm a big, again, that right brain, left brain dance. I'm also a big believer in that mind, body, spirit. When you get, have all three, you get what you want. It, 20,000 books are written on it, partially even mine, <laughs> psychology books, self-help books, spiritual books, occult books, magic books, everybody, mind, body, spirit, because one out of three is wishful thinking. If you, I wish I was rich and famous. I wish I had a lover. I wish I had a job. Nothing. Two out of three is hit or miss. Uh, mind, body, spirit. We get, mind, we understand. We will never, ever, this is psychology, surpass our own belief system. Uh, I, I, I can't make more money. I not, I'll never find love. I can't go on that diet. Whatever that is, we'll never surpass this. That's going to be easy. You just made it easier. Oh, it's going to be hard. You just made it harder. Basic psychology, mind, body. We have to take action. Sadly, sitting on the sofa is not going to get us the job, the lover in shape or whatever we want to do. But so we understand that mind, body, but the spirit, that's the elusive part that people don't get. And that's actually the battery power that that makes it happen. That's the, you've got it in your head, you're taking the action, but the spirit is literally the battery, the, the gas in the tank. Um, actually, there's lots of ways you can do it. You could do it through through your faith, through your belief system. You go to church, go to temple, pray. There's a spirit or faith. It's energy. Um, you could do it very new age. Vision boards, affirmations. I'm writing a thousand times a secret. Affirmations. That complete, there's your power, there's your spirit. You could do what I would do. Let's do spell working. Let's do a candle. Let's work some herbs. Let's make a witch's ladder. Let's, whatever that is, let's work with the cycles. Um, but as soon as you have all three, you get it. You could go through your whole life and, and think of everything that you've accomplished. Like you could do this. Everything that you've made happen in your life, you've had all three. You've believed it, you've taken action, and you had some sort of power, faith, spirit behind it, make it happen. Look at the stuff that you haven't quite accomplished yet, if you're close or not close, you're just missing one or two of those things. You either don't quite believe it or that you're deserving of it, you're really not putting the energy into doing it, or you just don't have that faith or magic behind it. So you just tweak whatever you don't have, and then guess what? You get it. You know, not breaking the laws of physics, you're not going to get <laughs> a foot taller or fly without a plane, but if you're not breaking the laws of this world physics, you get it. It's that simple. And this book, again, I was starting to tell people the same thing. Like I, I work elementally. Like I said, I'm picking rosemary in the garden. I work with air, fire, water, earth. I'm an elemental witch. Like the same as Native Americans, mm -hmm. Peruvian shamans, any work with nature's elements. Because you don't have to get into deities. You don't have to get in belief systems. People understand the strength of a tree with roots that go deep and branches, the flow of water, which is our emotion, the thought plastic, air, focus, clarity, you know, fire, this is that power of fire. So uh, my, my 30 second exercises I came up with were um, literally, it's like, what this whole pandemic I think is about, it, it was a big wake up call. We, beca we became zombies, asleep at the wheel. I mean, we even use those terms, phoned in, asleep at the wheel, by road, automatic pilot. And it was a big slap mm -hmm. from the universe going, wake up, didn't, didn't get up to awake, wake up, shake us harder. And then we had to get hit on the head by a two by four and sent to our room <laughs> to stay in the house until you figure it out. And that's what we're doing. So hopefully we are figuring it out. Um, it's waking up. So if, but, Everybody, if you're alive, if, if whatever state you are, if you, you're alive, 
you should be happy that you're alive. So start there. But so if you're not, but if you're not as happy as you can be, like, wow, I'm, I'm like, because people feed into that. I'm not happy because we get comfortable there. Or you're not as productive mm -hmm. as you can be. That's again, we're going mind bodies, not as productive as you can be. Or equally important, you're not as conscious as you can be, that phoned in thing. And so people numb that by, drinking, eating, shopping, sex. There's a billion addictions that you can do to keep you from being awake. But instead, if this mind, body, spirit thing works and, and the attribute of water is emotion and the attribute of air is breathing, then, then you should be able to fix that in 30 seconds using these elements. So I always say, okay, so you're not as happy. What, so instead of doing whatever you do, vegging out in front of television, go, okay, which element is the most out of balance right now? It's my emotions. I'm really angry. I'm really scared. Somebody flipped me off. I had a fight. Big or little, justified or not, doesn't matter. But in this moment in time, if it's your emotions getting the best of you, that's your water element. What you need is water, running water. Hmm. Think how good you feel in the shower, right? No matter what, a shower makes you feel better. Mm -hmm. it, it's like an aspirin for a headache. Water releases. You can't jump in a shower a thousand times a day, but you can always find running water, a hose, a drinking fountain, a kitchen, lunchroom, bathroom, pouring a bottle of water on your hand, doesn't matter. So if the secret is mind, body, spirit, walk into that sink, turn it on, set your head. With this water, I am going to release this anger, fear, angst, whether you're talking to God or your brain or the, or the water elements itself, the flow, the emotion. I'm gonna run your hands, body, under the water. The water is the touchstone. Now you've got mind, body, the water is the spirit. Within 30 seconds, you will healthfully release that excess anger, sadness, angst, fear, whatever it is you're feeling in a healthy way. You're not gonna store it in your jaw or in your shoulders or in your belly. You're truly releasing it. So then it's really gone. If you need to deal with caused it, now you can go have that conversation without being the seething crazy idiot. Like, like okay, this is why I was upset. You've released it. So that's, if it's your emotions, it's water. Now, if maybe it's not your emotions, maybe you've got that chatty head going because nobody breathes anymore and, and not <laughs> breathing, we're always in a hurry, we breathe shallow, mm -hmm. makes chatty brain and foggy brain and hormones make foggy brain. So maybe you have an important conversation to have. Now, I can't think straight, working with your kid on homework, whatever that is, I can't think, oh my gosh, I'm not focused. I mean, I bop, 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 bop. That's your air element. So breathing will do it. Now, again, breathing exercises can take a little time, but I, the magic element I add is sound. I do a lot of, it's called heka work, Egyptian magic. Sound, every sound we make has an effect on us. Every sound. That's why we sing. That's why we chant. We go sing in church. Uh, um, without giving you a lesson in heka. So vowels, <laughs> vowels clear the head. Any, any vowel, any order, doesn't matter if you think about it. Every sacred word is a vowel. Amen. Om. Falling in love. Ah. Roller coaster. Ah. Opens up Native American. Hey, uh, uh, East India. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Opens up this crown of illumination. So all of a sudden, if you've got chatty bread and you've got you've got ch chatty head and you've got to get over it, or your foggy head and your whatever reasoning, okay. With this, whoever you're talking to, your brain, the thought process, the element of air itself, the God, the gods, your angels, your guides, with this 30 seconds of deep breathing, with this 30 seconds of vowels, I need to pull in the air element. So sit there going, ah, or om, or e-i-e-i-o, with your kid. <laughs> Within 30 seconds, the chatter will stop, 
the fog will lift and the clarity will come in that easy within 30 seconds. And those two things, water and air, which is west and east, because north and south, what you, you put your whole body into those elements. North is your who you are, your persona, it's your home. Oh, this is Sydney, she's so-and-so, that's your north, that's your, that's your earth. Your fire is your passion, creativity, love, sex, God, that's what gets you going, that's your fire. That's north and south, there you are. But west and east, that's water and air, because we work everything off a compass. Emotions and thoughts, thoughts and emotions, water and air. What do we need more than anything to survive even just a few minutes? Water and air. So those are the ones that get off balance so bad. But say it's not your emotions and it's not your chatty brain for a second. Maybe you're not feeling grounded enough. A lot of us travel out of our body sometimes. You need grounding. Or, uh, hug a tree. <laughs> hug a tree. There's something true to that. ground. But if you can't hug a tree, you're on the 35th floor of an office building, grab anything that's wood or stone. A, this isn't a pencil, but grab a pencil. It still has a, a piece of wooden furniture, a granite countertop, a crystal, a diamond, anything that you're wearing. Who doesn't have little crystals and things? And, um, a hardwood floor. They still have the spirit of the tree, of that rock, dirt, grass, a plant hitting in your house or your office, so long as it's not a plastic plant. That still has the spirit of nature. So again, grab onto it. Okay, with this, uh, breathe into it 30 seconds. Um, Everyone feels this one a little bit different. I like it. I literally, I can, I can, okay, I'm calling in the element of earth. I need grounding. I, some, I feel it like I could, like, I could, I could go earth, I could warm earth and blanket wrapping around me. I'm safe. I'm grounded. I'm in my body. Some people feel it more like that tree, who with roots and I'm, I'm strong now. I'm grounded. So that's for earth. Uh, but maybe you're grounded, but maybe it's your fire. Maybe you don't have the energy that you need or the fire that you need. And maybe you have a hot date with your honey and you're just not feeling it because fire is spirituality. It's the Holy Spirit and Christianity. It's passion. It's art. It's creativity. That's all going to fire. So maybe you have a hot date or maybe you have, again, an art project with your kid or you want to talk to spirit or talk to your guides and work on that. Or maybe you're just tired. You got to get up and you don't feel like getting up, but you have all the earth in the world. Oh, yeah, I got earth, but I need to get up. Um, and you can't go dance around a bonfire, which is my first choice. Go dance around a bonfire. <laughs> but you can't do that. Um, the, the heka for, for, I, for fire is Z. Zzz, silly, ask, ask an eight-year-old, what does a B sound like, Bobby? Zzz, um, that's that kundalini energy. So, okay. Whoever you're talking to, yourself, your own fire, Holy Spirit, Pele Volcano, um, the breath of a dragon, the beating of a heart, whatever that is. I'm pulling in the fire element now. Now, 30 seconds is a long time. That was like two seconds. But within 30 seconds, you will start to feel a tingling in the base of your spine. It'll start to rise up your spinal cord. And, and within 30 seconds, you will have the fire creativity, passion, energy, whatever it is you need to go on to balance you back out. So that's really why I started this book, because it's like, you guys, you're so out of balance. We're all out of balance in this modern world. We're not close to nature. So that's why I wrote this book, so I didn't have to say it every day. <laughs> and, and, and then I wrote, and then it's like, I want simple things, like how to get be healthy, how to clear your house, how to do prote personal protection techniques, how to talk to dead people, what's a dumb supper. Um, I just went over it and make it simple. And then after I wrote it, I went, ugh. 
too many words. Nobody wants to hear my words. So I spent more time unwriting it than writing it. So it's a super simple, fast read, um, which I think is why it's a bestseller in like five countries, because it's a super simple, fast, mm -hmm. empowering read. You can just go, oh, moon magic, following moon cycles. That's right. Patty said we are 60% our, are water. Our planet 70% water. We are affected by the moon. You know, it's not just the crazy full moon, like they'll say at the police department or the hospital, every moon. So if we are conscious of those moon cycles, the two weeks while the moon is waxing, we add into your life, get a raise, more love, more lunch with your friends. Every full moon, if we get outside, be in gratitude, gratitude is everything. Whoever you're thanking, the moon, God, your guides, thank you for everything I have and make ask, and I want this. Thank you for my beautiful one bedroom apartment and I want a two bedroom apartment. <laughs> we have to ask, every philosophy tells you that. So, th so then you do that on the full moon and then the waning moon, when it start, it's starting to get small again, you wake up in the morning and go, the moon's waning. I'm gonna let go of, I, 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 I worry too much. I'm gonna let go of, I don't take enough time for myself. And then on the new moon every month, that once a month or so, just like, that's when you do some contemplation. What do I not now? Not what did I want last month? Not what do my parents want for me or my spouse or the world want for me? And then you start the cycle again. And it's just like breathing, what we all need to do. That's the kind of stuff that's in here. But so I unwrote it. So it's super simple. And because um, when I started like 30, whatever years ago, really studying everything, I would buy these big fancy books and They'd be boring or too hard or overwhelming or daunting, and I'd put them on the shelf. I'd buy some really simple little book, like by Scott Cunningham, still one of my favorite authors, and I would devour it. And I'd have little things all over, just like I even do mine, little tags and this and notes. And so that's what I did. That's why I unwrote it. And uh, so, yeah, it's I, it was all divine guidance. All I did was write it down and then unwrite it down. So, <laughs> but again, it's just like a handy little pocketbook to like get through life easy and smoothly, easy as we allow it, kids, hard as we make it. And we all tend to make, we were told that hard is better. Working and hard is better. Guess what? It's not true. <laughs> hard work is great, but it doesn't have to be the end all be all to get, create what we want. Well, you sold me on that. <laughs> I'm going straight to Amazon and buy that. It's, yeah, it's, it's, go to Amazon. Yeah, it comes to ebook, audiobook, or print book. And a lot of people just like ebooks now. A lot of people just like audiobooks now. On this one, if you do print books, I like print because you could do, oh, I need that lemon on crossing spell. Here's a chant here. You could write on it like a workbook, like I said, put notes. But it's available in all. So, yes. I love it. There was a lot of great things. I was just wish I was taking notes right now on everything you were <laughs> well, saying. Well, you can listen to it. <laughs> to later, because um, there's a lot of good stuff in there. I am actually in the process of trying to switch careers and interviewed recently for a job that I really want. So I'm going to play this back and again and again and again until I um, can follow your guidance on how, okay. I, can, how good. I can get that job. See it, smell it, taste it, you get it believe it, take action, and the magic behind it. Want to know one of the magics of getting a good job? This, I've learned this in the 80s. I thought it was a wife's job, but it's, it's true. In Hollywood, it's true everywhere. The secret, next time if you go for another interview or whatever that is, the secret to being good on something is dark blue panties. <laughs> Somebody told me that in the 80s, like, really? Why? And I just thought, is it a wives' tale? Is it a luck thing? 
No, it's a high vibration color. You know how your chakras go red, orange, yellow, green. The blue is way up here. You don't want to get way into those fancy colors because you don't want to be out there. But that blue is a high vibration communication color. And you're putting those panties on those lower red and orange chakras of yours. So you're going to just be your best you. It's got that mind because you're, you're telling yourself, I'm putting on my lucky good interview panties body. You literally are putting it on your body. And the spirit is there really is magic in that deep blue color to set into what you want to do. So you've got the mind, body, spirit. So and even though no one's going to see them, you know, unless you're trying out for pole dancer, you, they are there and they will affect you in all positive ways. So I almost had that. Uh, I had a dark blue shirt. And the last time I interviewed, I wore that shirt on both interviews and got both job offers. See, it <laughs> works. It's magic. Magic works. And you just, you, you're really, you are really intuitive and you know that. So you just probably naturally, we don't know why we do all those intuitive things, but our psyche does, our spirit does. Well, I hope it was a third time's a charm because that's exactly why I wore it because the last time it worked. <laughs> so I hope it's the third time. That's perfect. Now add the panties and you got it in the bag. <laughs> I'll remember that if I get a second interview. When I get a second interview, I will do Exa that. When you get a second interview. When I get a second interview. So great. Oh, man, great stuff there. Um, I do want to talk about probably the most obvious thing because I know that's how I was really marketing this and I was really excited about it and I know my listeners are excited. Talk, about, talk to me about your appearances on Ghost Adventures. When did you start? How'd you like working with the guys? I love it. It is so fun. It complete fluke, actually. My first episode, I think, I think I've been working with them six years now. I the first year, I think it was 2015, and it was their haunted Hollywood episode. Again, I'm whatever I am, the Hollywood witch psychic medium. But they, I was called in. They were doing a haunted Hollywood. And they were at the American Legion Hotel. I'm not hotel. It's a big building, American Legion Hall. And they were told by the owner there or the manager there that I had that I had seen Charlie Chaplin there. So they, they called me in. I'm actually on the, the board of directors of the Hollywood Arts Council. We put art in the school. So I do these yearly. It wasn't like an investigation with Zach and the guys. It was everybody dressed in 40s wear. And, and I'd take him on tours. But I saw Charlie Chaplin. So they called me in like they would every episode, the local person there or the witness there to talk. Um, and I guess whatever I said, and the chair was right here, and this was Charlie, this is what, I, I had no idea that that is the exact chair Charlie Chaplin had sat in, and that is exact. So, so I guess Zach was impressed, and then they figured out who I was. So then it's like whenever they need a seance or whenever they need somebody to feel out what it is. Um, and... And I love it because they are so committed. I, I mean, I didn't get it before I watched the show. It's like, who are these big macho guys in little <laughs> t-shirts who, who come on ghosts and then run like a little girl when the spin drops? <laughs> I get it. It's their commitment. They're, they've got it cranked up to 120%. It, it's 100% real. It's 100% passion. And that's why they're in their 24th season, their 12th year. Um, it's... it's it's so legit. You, they will not tell me anything. Any if if I do know a location, if I send them there, like the the Reseda House, even like the Alley Music Studios, um, they will have me talk about it, but not do what they know I've done. So nothing can be fake. They will just send me to a, a like a location. Here's the address. Here's there. I don't, don't know. They don't want. Oh, there was there was a double murder in the bathroom. Go no. It's, it's just blind. Go in. I'm always afraid. I'm not of of whatever ghost. But what if I'm not psychic today? What if I get 
crickets. What if I get nothing? But I always do because the places are so charged. So um, I love it because I get to go. I like challenges. That's my mm -hmm. thing. So yeah, let me channel the Black Dahlia murderer or <laughs> let me go into the most haunted. Um, I, again, it, it's, it's always a challenge. We know nothing. That happened with the Cecil Hotel episode. Zach had called me about two weeks before and he said, okay, Patty, we're coming to LA. I think I'm going to need you. Okay, great. Hear nothing. That's normal. Hear nothing. Two hours before, I get a call from him. He goes, hey, Patty, we're at this location downtown, and can you get here in two hours? And I'm, I'm, I'm a girl. I'm thinking, two hours? Did I wash my hair? <laughs> ah, two hours. Girls need more than getting somewhere in two hours. I'm at my brother's house. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he may or may not have mumbled Cecil Hotel, and he gave me the address. So I'm getting ready. I'm getting downtown, and I'm parking, and I see the sign, and I think, oh, the Cecil, yeah. Oh, that's the girl in a water tower. So again, I never dealt with that part of the show because I knew that there's the girl in the water tower. And I parked my car and it's kind of in like basically Skid Row, downtown LA. Um, so I'm walking up to the hotel and this rat wouldn't let me in. Mm -hmm. I would go right, the rat would go right. I would go left, the rat would go left. We're dancing, we're dancing, we're dancing. I'm like, okay, well, either this is a possessed rat or he's warning me rat, I don't know. And I, I walked into the hotel, oh, that place is so wild. You just feel the energy coming in on you like this and you just feel this presence and you feel this oppressive something that's in there. And I'm like, oh boy, I, I start going into trance state right away and I'll, I hope this is going to totally be a spoiler alert. <laughs> um, but all of a sudden, then, then Zach and the guy show up. They had already been there for a day or two. And it's like, hi, Patty. I'm like, hi. And I'm like, he goes, okay, Patty, there's 14 floors. There's 700 rooms. You tell us where to go. <laughs> uh, okay, push this button. And we get in the elevator. And where we are, the Alyssa Lamb elevator. It's like, ah. Uh. And wherever I led them, Again, oh, we had a bunch of stuff that's not in the show. For those of you who've seen the two-hour special on Discovery Plus, uh, we got some really great stuff in the hallway, some dark, some funnier, but they couldn't pay the funnier stuff. I mean, funny spirits. Um, but I led them to a room, I, I guess. It's because now it's like, it's like dream state to me. So I led them to a room and I was walking to the window and I'm going, I, I'm just, I just go and start opening the window and Zach's yelling at me and I'm in this chain of, why is, why is Zach yelling at me? Because Zach never yells at me. I don't, and I'm just kind of this man, Patty, I just got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. I'm at the window. And he's never yelled at me. He yelled at me more than you even see on camera. I think like, <laughs> it's like, sit down, sit down. Why? I just got to get, and he, so he made me sit down and then the SLS, so this little ghost dancing on my hand. I had no idea, but I had led them to a room where somebody had jumped out that exact window, and here I am channeling. He was afraid I was going to jump out the window. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, but I didn't. He made me sit down. <laughs> uh, um, and then I led him to, and this one was even weirder. I led him to another room, um, and I feel that I feel this presence, and I'm like, oh, and I feel I'm, I'm being attacked. I'm being attacked. And I kind of go into this almost fetal position. I'm holding myself. I look like a, a little kid who has to go pee, holding himself <laughs> down there. Kind of, and, and Zach's going, what's going on? What's going on? What are you feeling? What are you, are you being attacked? I'm being attacked. I'm being, well, where are you being attacked? And the part of me that's still conscious of like, okay, I'm a regular human and this is television. I'm going, how do you say that body part on television? <laughs> 
And I, I don't know what I said. I said lady parts or female parts or something. I don't know what I said. So, and I had led them to a room where sadly this woman who lived there had been raped and murdered. And I just was experienced her experience. Um, yeah, she lived there. She's a lady who fed the birds and stuff. So it's a, it's a trip. But I, again, it's always a challenge. My thing in life is to do challenges. So it's always a challenge with the guys. And I like it. I like because they're, they're guy guys. I, I'm married to a drummer and we produce a drum show, a huge drum show. So I'm used to being like one of the only three women with a thousand men. <laughs> that show's kind of like this. It's a boys club and uh, it's fun. Do you have a favorite crew member? They're all my favorite. I'm not going to be favorites. No, they're each so different. They each have their own method and they've grown so much over the years. They each have their own protection methods like Philly's Mr. Palo Santo would, which I totally believe in Oversage. I'm so Oversage. Um, and he's Mr. Palo. They each have their own path of things. Uh, you know, Zax is more kind of a Catholic base. Aaron's just crazy. I try to teach <laughs> You know, I blood my tools. You blooding... It got a gravestone in the Ozark Mountains. Maybe it's not the wisest there. <laughs> Just saying. I don't know. And Jay's really got into studying research and history and magic ends of things. No, they're all, they're just a great team. What they've created, who they are together is why they're still together. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that does portray itself on screen. They complement each other very well. So do you have a favorite episode that you've done with the Gross Adventures crews or one that you just, you really can't get over or are they all about the same? None of them are the same. None of them are the same. I think um, the ones that I was affected the most, so I, the challenge one is the Black Dahlia House because I did channel that guy. That was, and I, I had done another show, not pre-Ghost Adventures there where I'd been thrown into a wall. So I knew that. And then I think Chatsworth, it was called Freak Show Murder House or something. Mm -hmm. That was, I've, I didn't know what I was getting into and I'm falling, I couldn't breathe and the woman had been suffocated or something. That was tough. Um, but again, I like that because again, it's the challenge of what experiences we get to have. I think that the hardest, the wildest one, it's going to go up there and they'll probably never do it again, was... Well, either one of the two Halloween ones. The first, the, the first Halloween one, because I got to meet my best friend, Father Sebastian. Because, <laughs> again, I'd been to the museum. I was there with the Peggy the Doll Seance before it was even his museum, before he went asked the city of Hall if he could open a museum and buy it. But he was creating it for deadly possession. So, so he flew me in, and he's blindfolded everything. So he stuck me in this little gypsy thing and said, okay, Patty, tell us what's going on. I didn't know that anybody was in the museum. So I remember I seeing a lady, a little girl that I guess Bloody Mary was in with a doll. And I remember seeing somebody on the ground flat. And I remember seeing all this. And it was Father Sebastian, vampire Father Sebastian, which again, we are literally inseparable best friends now. He's a good vampire. Um, and but then he, that was the first time he put me in with Lady Snake because he's like, okay, Patty, come with me. And I'm, I'm, I'm in my state and I come with me and he, he opens his door and there's this little unassuming English woman, this tiny little unassuming English woman who wanted to kill me. I'm like, uh, what are you doing? And she was doing dark, dark magic. And, and he led me, and she was holding a shovel and, and Zach's like, do you want to give up the shovel? She's like, no, I want to kill her with it. And I'm like, 
okay, <laughs> okay. And I'm trying to do my defensive magic and my magic. It was his first good witch, bad witch thing that he did. He loves that. But I had, but again, you keep so in the dark. I had no idea that that was Ed Gain, the serial killer's cauldron that he used to cook people in until I saw it on television months later or a month later. It's like, no wonder she was so possessed. She's a, a witch who's willing to go dark. And so it wasn't her. I'm sure she's a line, lovely person. Her name's Wendy. But it was like, she was totally allowed this really dark person to take her and to do magic towards it. So then the next one, again, is also a Halloween. That's when we did the four hour live, which it's really hard. Mm -hmm. Ghosts do not know break for commercial. You have break for commercial. They don't break for commercial. All the good stuff happens when they've moved over to a Goodyear commercial or something. So it was so hard. There was like 100,000 cameras and everybody was there. Chris Fleming, Josh Gates, who I totally fangirled out about, Joshua Ward, Justin Spearer, before he was a regular on the show, the pair. It was just like, I'm in seventh heaven, Gary Galka. Um, but, but he, and we all knew each other was there. This is that thing again that he doesn't, we, we stayed in the same hotel. We we're in the same kind of holding room, green room, except for Lady Snake again. So when it was my turn to go in, um, it was like, oh, and you come down to the basement and there she is again. And, but I, I think, again, I think that the kind of dark magic she was doing kind of messed things up. That's a bad thing happened with the rabbi who said things that were misconstrued. I saw these dark, oozy things that I'd never seen in the museum, but Chris Fleming saw them too. So that was, that was so hard. It was like living in chaos. And there was great evidence, like Gary Gawke could be getting great evidence that the people never got to see. There was no beginning, middle, and end to each segment. Uh, but it was a challenge. It was fun. So I, I think those are the really standout ones. Well, I have one more thing sure. and you've, you already brought it up. So I think you knew exactly where I was going with this. <laughs> so I, I've read that you're sort of specialized in haunted dolls. Meet Belle. There's my Belle. She's my 105 year old haunted doll. Has she winked at you yet? Uh, no. Um, I'm a doll collector. I mean, I have hundreds and hundreds of mostly Barbie starting out there. And none of them are haunted um, because she's Barbie. She's a goddess. But yes, um, I am. And 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 uh, Peggy, I remember when Zach had flown me out to Vegas. He was he was like, I need you to do a seance. There's this doll that's coming out. I'm not going to tell you anything about. And I go to the hotel and they put you up in a really nice hotel. It's 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 not haunted. It's not old. It's a modern, <laughs> nice, fancy hotel. And I'm like, why is my phone breaking? Why is my tablet breaking? Why is my television turning on and off? Well, even my shower turned itself on and off. So I spent my first night that I could have been night on the town in Vegas on the phone with like Verizon going, they're going, your phone can't be doing that. I'm like, I know, but it is. They, they were so freaked out by what my phone was doing. They overnighted me a new one and Verizon doesn't do that. So I'm like, oh, this will be a doozy. So we get, again, I get to set. Even they, that's when Jane Harris had owned Peggy the doll before Zach bought her there and they flew in Katrine one of the girls had been given a headache I mean no a heart attack from Peggy Peggy made lots of people sick and headaches and nausea but had literally given two people heart attacks and Katrine's young she's young young mother it's not like she gave an 80 year old a heart attack um so here's the, this doll that's the time Zach was attacked by flies and all this stuff so there I am doing did I'm holding the little plastic doll hands not even an old beautiful this is 
porcelain like mine. It was just like a 1960s Peggy doll who looks like Doris Day or something, but she is dark. She's dark. So somebody saw me doing that and my experience with dolls and haunted items and all my training in this stuff. So a, a girl had saw me doing that in Belgium and she had saw me doing Peggy and she figured if I could handle Peggy the doll, I could handle Belle. So she, she asked me, she goes, can I, I have this hundred year old doll, but she's made me sick for three years. She's made my little toddler sick for three years. I love her, but I can't have her. And it, I have to keep her in the shed or in a door, which she doesn't like. So I said, yeah, send her to me. Cause again, I know how to cleanse and clear. So she sent her to me. This is the power that this doll had. I had never done a Facebook live before. I had not once, and I have an okay following, but not like this, but I want, so I was driven, I'm going to do a Facebook Live. No reason. I'd never done one, never wanted to do one, to open this doll. I'm opening the doll. My friend came over, opened 50,000 views. 50,000 50, people watched me open this doll. On, it's not me, it's her. I don't, I like, ooh, I got 300. I like, ooh, I got up to 1,000 this time. Not 50,000. I think my first one, it was the power of this doll, but she was dark. She had a dark something entity. So I would not let the sun set before I banished that. Even my friend wouldn't leave. She's a fellow psychic medium. So we banished it. And then slowly this beautiful little girl spirit came out. She's a little seven, eight year old girl, European. I think she lived a hard, a, a sickly life a little bit, um, put her spirit into the doll. So now Belle's my, it's my kid, family member. We, my husband and I will be downstairs. We'll hear her running up upstairs. She's been caught on camera, on TV, on film a million times moving when no one's near her. Everyone can tell her face expressions. She's supposed to be upstairs in the living room, but now she always insists on being down here now that we live on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> she's, 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 she's mischievous. She did used to drain energy a lot, even when the good, I had to keep grew some herbs in her hand so she didn't. But yeah, I'm an expert on dolls, on haunted dolls and haunted things. So if you're a, if you're a weird ghost, they say, uh, whatever, a spirit, and you wanted a vessel, it's, it's voice, so would you, you could take this little vase, or you could take something with eyes and ears and a face and a nose. You'd go into the thing with a face. So it is possible, I was, this was one of my questions, it is possible to get the activity out of the doll, sort of like cleanse it? Yeah. This is our own... Yes, completely. You can completely cleanse it. I mean, most people don't. I would never do it without permission. Some people thrive right. on their haunted dolls. Again, I thrive on positive haunted dolls. I'm not going to have a negative haunted doll in my house because, again, like creates like. Um, but that's true of ghosts, of spirits, of haunted anything. I firmly believe, and I've known since I was a kid, just again, more, that this is our realm of existence. This three-dimensional gravity on Earth world is our 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 domain those other things have to play by our rules but we don't know that so we give them power how i talked about people give away their power to people people give away our power to spirits they get so scared and, and you see the big possessions on tv not that that can't happen but people have allowed that to happen you know unless you have a severe addiction problem that's a different story because that lets the dark stuff in but like the Reseda house we did i could not cleanse that i brought because drug history, drug abuse, you get, so unless you have a severe addiction problem, which will let dark stuff in, or a severe mental imbalance, it's our realm. So you just, but people don't know that, so they give away their power, or they get real fearful, 
which that will feed a negative spirit. Or they'll get real angry, which will feed a negative spirit. That's why Zach and almost all of the, the guys don't do that provoking anymore. They learn that that's not helpful and that's not gonna get the spirit to talk most of the time. Who's gonna talk when you yell at them? Be nice to them and then they'll talk, even negative spirits for that matter. But um, so, so if something comes in on you, Feel it out. Again, work on your intuition, whether you call yourself a psychic or not. If it feels bad, go get out. You're not welcome here. In the name of whatever you believe in, in the name of God, in the name of your angels, in the name of your guides, in the name of your cat, in the name of your Louboutin shoes, it doesn't matter. But say it with authority and without anger and without fear. Say it like you're a parent. Say it like you're a teacher. And guess what? 99.9% .9 of the time, they go, they can't, they just, oh, oh, they're in charge, but people don't know that. Um, you know, and, but if it feels positive, like, oh, this feels okay, don't be afraid to talk to it. Hi, are you a spirit? Were you human? Are you male or female? Are you an elemental? Are you grandma? Are you, don't be afraid to talk. People, it's so funny, a spirit will come in, and I just, I just see in my mind's eye, the person standing there go, duh, and the spirit standing there going, duh. Well, what'd they say? Well, nobody said anything. Talk. <laughs> and guess what? They'll talk back, or they'll message back, however, what their method of communication is. So I was interested, I saw the Deadly Possessions episode with you and Peggy the Dawn, so I started doing some research on it. So were there people that were really affected uh, through like the TV or through the internet or through the photos of by her? Was that just, you know, oh, I got it in my head that she, I'm supposed to be scared mm -hmm. of her? Or was it just genuinely they saw her and boom, something happened? Genuinely they saw her. There's so much documentation when Jane Harris had owned her you know, she would put it up because she's a paranormal person in the UK. She's on a TV show now, actually with Chris Fleming. Um, but yeah, because she's a known person in the UK, people genuinely got sick knowing it. And they were saying, wow, I was looking at your doll and I got sick or this or had a heart attack. That's why Zach flew them in. Even now, Zach, Peggy is in Zach's museum. And, and there's a little thing. It's like, you don't have to go in this room if you don't want to. He's got in a couple rooms because the energy is so strong. And now, <laughs> the last time I went there, I go, I go in the room because you only go in a few people at a time. And he's got a spirit box with her now, that little talking box. Mm -hmm. And so I'm being real nice. People won't look at her or people will look at her. And I go like, hi, Peggy, how you doing? She totally curses me. <laughs> things i'm not even gonna say oh peggy yeah good to see you too oh you look pretty great thank you peggy good <laughs> yeah she still she still knows me she recognized me it's funny yeah peggy the doll yeah all those stuff she it's, it's documented all that stuff that's why she said he, he wants all the most haunted things and he's slowly collecting them i don't know if anybody knows the history of her i know i did the foreword for jane's book um I don't know where Jane got her. Maybe that's for sure part of what's going on with her, is her mysterious past. Nah. Wow. Well, that was very fascinating. Um, Patty, we could talk all day, <laughs> but I, I know you have things to do, so I'm going to let you go here. But I do want to thank you again for sitting down with us. Um, this was very valuable. You have no idea how thankful we are. Uh, for you to schedule this with us and like i said um i will let you know when things are released i'll tag you in them youtube anchor uh facebook iHeartRadio, radio we're as many places as we can be right now so we really appreciate appreciate you fun talking to you you're just 
<laughs> I, I learned a lot. <laughs> I learned Thank a lot. Thank you. That's my. Th I'm really a teacher, basically. I talk to ghosts. I talk to dead people. I dance around bonfires, but I'm really a teacher. <laughs> I am too. Ironically, I teach high school history. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I love history. I wish I knew I loved history when I was in high school and <laughs> junior high. <laughs> So, well, thank you. You're a beautiful host. You're a generous host. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you again so much, Patty, for agreeing to sit down with me tonight and to be on our podcast. Um, it was really great talking to you. Like I said, I could have talked to you all night long, um, but I, I really feel like I'm a different person after this hour interview that I had um, with her. Patty was such an uplifting and positive person. Her energy was contagious, even through the video camera. She made me happy. And I had actually had a pretty crappy day up to that point. Um, and I was looking forward to the interview, but I was also not really in the mood. Uh, but that certainly changed within the first five minutes of sitting down with her. And I can safely say that Patty changed the trajectory of my life after this interview. And I know that sounds super far-fetched to say, but she was that energetic and inspiring and just this, so passionate uh, about what she does. And um, I felt rather than like I was sitting down having a conversation with her, I felt like I was a client <laughs> on the other side of the camera that she was helping out. And that really wasn't even the goal at all. Uh, but that's how I felt afterwards. And my, my week was just 100% different after I sat down with her. And um, not to mention, two days after this, was, this interview was filmed, I received the job offer that I referenced in the interview. And I'm not saying that it had anything to do with witchcraft or my talk with Patty but I did follow all of her advice up until the official offer. So um, I would like to credit her in, to some regard for that, at least for changing my mindset and uh, my preparations and my attitude about getting that. So that was certainly exciting. Very, very happy. So needs to come home. That's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to tune in next time as we go more into depth about haunted dolls, one of my personal favorite subjects. We are not afraid. <laughs>